good, everybody? Welcome to the Girl No Taco Council podcast. I am your host, Ace. And I'm McMillian. And today we'll be doing episode two. Episode two, everybody. And um, so, yeah. How you doing today, McMillian? Uh, I'm tired of rewatching Demon Slayer, the movie. Is how I'm doing. <laughs> let's talk about that. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's look at our docket here for today. So, of our list of items on our docket today, we have Demon Slayer. Season 2, Episode 2, Mashuko Tensei, and we're going to be doubling up on two of these. We're going to be doing Mashuko Tensei, Episode 13 and 14, as well as 86, Episode 13 and 14. Mm-hmm. Um, as you all know, we're kind of a little bit behind on these episodes, so we're going to double up today and, um, so we can catch up and get back, you know, get to them weekly on the new stuff. Yep, but so. anyways, um, we're going to start off with Demon Slayer, just to, once again. Just get this one right on out the way. Uh, so, before, Demon Slayer. Before we start, <laughs> before we start uh-huh. as always, y'all, spoiler warning. So, spoilers are ahead. So, please make sure you go ahead and watch these animes before we talk about them. Or, uh, if you still want to listen to us, go ahead. Just know that we are basically uh, giving up the major plot lines. So, I'm going to pass it back to Ace. All right. So, um, as I was saying, Demon Slayer episode two. Yeah, season two, episode two. It was the movie, guys. <laughs> it, it was the movie. Uh, what, what sucked about this one, specifically, is that it's the beginning of the movie. And I really thought they were going to delve more into the breathing technique explanation. Because that's the only thing I was like, all right, out of the things that people probably did not get from this movie the breath technique or like the branching of the breath techniques probably could have been elaborated on more and you guys didn't get that i'm not gonna as a as a person as the margarita here i don't think it's uh in my place to basically go ahead and take that over but because it comes up again later and i think i we should just probably wait for that but honestly i feel like everyone's getting robbed again because it's this is basically just the movie over again, and then I know they said they added new scenes, but maybe that's during the the more heavy, intensive fighting stuff, which you got like two. Yeah. But you got which basically means we got like two more episodes to go through. I, I would imagine that the like you like you just mentioned, the new scenes will probably come during the like the more heavier fighting scenes, especially the last, you no, know, the climactic battle. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have not seen Mugen Train yet, I, you know. I guess this would be good for you, these episodically, if you like that type of thing. But I mean, if you already seen Mugen Train, I don't, I mean, unless you, unless I guess you're just a big Demon Slayer fan, I guess there will be no other reason you will really be watching these episodes right now. Um, yeah, it's, this is legit. I mean, this episode was legitimately just the movie, the first half. Yeah, no, like, yeah, no. Scene, scene by scene, it was legit the movie. And, um, and like, to be quite honest, I don't know why they, like, at this point, I'm not really getting much. Like, I got one episode of stuff I haven't seen, but like I said, it's anime only, and I really feel like it didn't add much to Rengoku's character. So, and then this one, if you've seen the movie, and I and like I said, I don't know how you could not have seen the movie by now because it's free on Funimation, it's free on Crunchyroll, and it's on Blu-ray now, and it's on Blu-ray. So I I, I don't know what they're doing what they plan to get out of this that they could not have gotten out of the movie because like like we had mentioned in our last podcast episode movie the movie train arc is very short it is only like a handful of chapters and not enough yeah. to 
not enough to warrant its own season. I mean, like this this arc arc and the anime right now is only seven episodes. So, so I mean, well, the only other thing I could think of is probably the maybe they did this because in, they realized the entertainment arc wasn't going to be that many episodes, so they decided they needed some more episodes for season two. I don't. I well, the, but the thing is, though, uh, well, the thing is about that though, the entertainment arc isn't short at all in my opinion it's uh that's why like i think they've announced that they said the two the two first episodes of the entertainment district arc are going to be like an hour long so to make up for it so it's just odd to me why they wanted to give this more time i don't know if it was like animation sake but in my opinion animation sake for what because it seems like i doubt they reanimated this entire tv series arc for the you know just to air it on TV, so I'm pretty sure they just ripped a lot of the stuff from the movie. But um, I don't know. I guess it, wouldn't it just not make sense to just focus on just getting the Entertainment District arc ready and just giving us a full season of that? I mean, I can assume so. In my, in my personal opinion, Entertainment District arc is one of my favorite arcs. So I'm I as a fan of uh, who's looking forward to uh, more things coming out. Okay, well, question. Let me ask you this, Dan. Would you have preferred a filler arc? Instead of this moving train arc right now, um, I just no, probably not. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like because I feel like this is a filler arc essentially, almost because you get you gave me a movie. I mean, well, it, yes, yes, no. It's a filler arc because I mean, it it, it is canon, but it's canon stuff we already seen. And in my but, opinion, um, I, what is worse, this or filler? Because <laughs> oh, wow. While I'm not getting a necessary story, I'm getting something that is widely known because this is like Demon Slayer. I think was the highest popular, the highest grossing anime movie. I think correct at the yeah, moment. Honestly, I think it probably would have benefited them, just in my opinion, to maybe even do a filler arc. Because even if it is a filler arc and it's technically not canon, it's still content that people haven't seen before. But then on top of that, maybe that takes away from them actually getting ready for the entertainment district. So I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't know who what the decision was on this. But it, I don't know. It, I just think maybe because I can't possibly imagine that the TV the TV ratings for this season are as high as they normally be. Like they can't be right. I, I doubt it. I really would doubt that they're that high considering. Like I'm pretty sure they're still up there, but I'm just saying for their normal people, they normally yeah, be able no, to I, say for you know season one. I'm pretty sure they're not as high as it was because like this is just stuff we already seen before. I, yeah, <laughs> I don't know how. I, yeah, I no, would be surprised if they're still the same or even higher. Yeah, I don't. Season one. Yeah, I personally would not could not see this being as high because I'm the, within each season of animes, there's a whole bunch that come out. I mean, we narrowed it down to three, but technically, if we want, I don't know how we could balance this. We could technically like put ten episodes, put ten animes in these uh, podcast episodes. We be it'd be hell, but we could do it. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, I, I I don't got much else to say about this other than I'm kind of disappointed that if we're just getting the movie over, and I kind of feel like we're getting cheated at this point. Correct, and and I feel like I'd still be saying this even if I hadn't. Even if I did, would not have read uh, Demon Slayer. Like, I think my point, my opinion would still be the same because it's just the same thing. Over. No, I'm saying because, well, yeah, because I haven't read the manga yet. Um, So, I mean, that's basically how I feel. I feel cheated, you know, because, like, you're basically shortening season two 
and just filling in it with stuff we already had. Literally half of the season two is basically just stuff we already seen before. And yeah. just like, you know, we waited almost over half a year for the next season of Demon Slayer just for you to do basically just for you to do something that you said you were not going to do in the first place. Exactly. And um, which really upsets me. Yeah. And, and uh, maybe, I don't know. I, I, I have friends that are in Goku that are huge in Goku fans and they seem to be enjoying the extra time with him. But I feel like if, but what extra time? It's yeah. Not I, I, I just think new. you're enjoying just, the same time with him. Basically. It that was, you had in the movie. Well, well, the thing is it's more time, but it's the same experience. It's not like you're getting anything different. And that's more of like my concern is like, as a person who likes this series, as a fan of this series, uh, I just feel like they could have done something different. Maybe give shown maybe like pulled some inspiration because it's a one shot chapter of for Rengoku that shows an adventure, a canon adventure that he's had. And I feel like you could have, I granted you could probably only get two episodes out of that chapter, but I feel like if you were going to give me something, maybe a filler, maybe a they could have worked with the offer to do an anime filler of of Rengoku's storyline or something like that. But this just feels kind of lazy to me. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess that's a enough of Demon Slayer, <laughs> so we're just gonna. <laughs> Sorry, that was kind of dreary, guys. <laughs> move on to the next topic that we have here on our docket list. Um, we're gonna be moving on to eighty six now, starting with episode thirteen. So Jay, I'll let you start off with this one. Yeah. So uh, episode thirteen was titled "It's Too Late," and uh, basically, um, not to do a whole long. A rerun of this episode, but basically we kind of got to see Shin's group um, get acclimated to not being soldiers, everyday soldiers, and it seemed like they were enjoying their time for a while, uh, but that all came uh, crashing down because they were basically like, uh, we were, they were, uh, if you know anything from 86 season one, uh, the AI army uh, basically uh, takes their uh they basically take the brain or like the synapse of the older of the people they kill in battle, the actual humans they kill, and just reassemble it into a different AI soldier. And so, since Shin's team had lost a lot of people beforehand, they have some friends that are still technically out on the battlefield, not resting, and they don't feel right while that's happening. Or they, and also, I feel like since they know this other country is still doing the same thing. Now they have even now they know that even more people's you know people are getting turned into AI soldiers. So they feel I feel it seems like they felt like they had no choice but to return to the battlefield. And upon making this declaration, um, their dad, their new adoptive father, uh, basically tries to convince them not to, but he really it becomes a moot point. And then Frederica makes a, basically an announcement. It's like, hey guys, uh, I'm the one who did everything. It was me. I started the war. I'm the empress. Uh, it seems like in an attempt to, I don't know if it didn't, in a way it felt like she was trying to like convince them not to go. But at the same time, I, she was like, also, I need y'all to go to stop the things that I've, I've started. I don't know if I necessarily believe that, but we will get to that in a second. And, um, they, and she, but she begs them after making the declaration, she's the emperor. She's the one that started, uh, the whole, this whole war basically. Uh, she begs them to save someone that she apparently had lost to the AI soldiers as well. And uh, I forget the name, but basically it seems to be someone very important to her that used to protect her when she was younger. 
and basically they've made they told her that they would and uh, that's where we left off in episode uh 13 um, so um picking up you know of one of the topics that you mentioned um just the gang getting used to their everyday lives just chilling you know, a few of them well most of them actually have you know found hobbies and stuff to do throughout the city and even make friends um what's her name like in Aju, she's in a cooking class, so she's been you know, mm-hmm. making friends with the cooking class and people, stuff like that, learning how to cook different type of things. Because I think she they mentioned that a lot of most of the stuff that she know how to cook are just desserts. So she's learning how to cook extra more, you no know, real food and stuff now. Um, I cannot remember the name of the red haired girl to save my life, but the red haired girl, she's basically just been doing a lot of shopping. Um, yeah, she seemed to be enjoying stuff, but like, what was it? at the same time she was doing that, they were having like military parades and stuff like that, and you could see her hesitancy yeah. to want to engage in like everyday civilian things, like because she the yeah. the clothes she was looking at every day, she would like pass that shop all the time, and it took her until like I, I think until like right before they had decided to go back onto the battlefield for her to actually go in and try clothes, um, which really speaks to just how much of like i don't know it seemed like i it showed some of their guilt a little bit to have been enjoying this yeah. down enjoying living life this downtime while everybody's there but i mean in my opinion i mean they earned it you know they was the last you know they it's not like they intentionally you know went oh yeah and no. asked for this life mm-hmm. so i mean it's just something that happened and in my opinion you know if they would have decided to just stay there and live out their life i mean they earned it they've been fighting the legion you know, ever since they basically could fight the Legion and yeah, no, no, against no, I, their against their will at that. I so. mean, I I agree. If <laughs> if anybody deserves a break, it's these children. It is because if it was me, I'd be out the game. I <laughs> I'd be chilling. I'd be chill. like Raiden had a job. Yeah, with, yeah, he, like, Raiden was a job. And he seemed like he was actually really enjoying time with his coworkers. Like. Uh, mm-hmm. Like Frederica even mentioned, I think sometime during the episode, she was like, uh, in the epi- uh, around the time they had, were going to announce that they're going back to fighting, Frederica was like, oh, weren't you supposed to have like dinner with your coworkers? So, like, like it, they, they really had time to develop their own lives outside yeah. of the battlefield, but they couldn't just bring themselves to stay outside of it. Correct. And I don't know, in a way that's kind of sad, and another way it's like, I understand, like, with everything that y'all have went through, I definitely see why you would want to stick it through. Like, you lost so many friends to this war. How else could you continue going on, you know? Correct. No one, especially knowing that, you know, it's still happening. So, yeah. With that being said, we'll move on to our next little topic, um, Frederica. So, two interesting, two interesting things about Frederica. One, she has a special power that allows her to see in the people's paths of anybody I think she said anybody eyes she's looking to, something like that. Okay, yeah. So I was like, um, first off, for anyone that does not know, I am a huge fan of Kogias, and I felt like such a Kogias moment right there. I was like, yes, we are. <laughs> I was, uh, especially with like the whole theme of like soldiers and like the the less than race. If you have not checked out Kogias, please do. But this is a hidden. It's a classic. Yeah, it's hidden some of that level. And I'm really enjoying that because uh, the, the thing with her power, it doesn't seem like it's like a, that it's like a, a overpowered thing. It's more of like I can see back into uh, just the past and that can help me, you know, identify with people slash other like, you know, just get 
more acclimated with them as people. So, or or even just get information on them. Yeah, because they could still be used as a way to find their weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, no, I, like, I definitely has a tactical I think usage. But since she's not since she's not necessarily a soldier herself, it'd be interesting to see how Correct. how that that all develops. You know. Yeah. Um, but I'll let you get back to it. Sorry, I just had to throw that out there. <laughs> but no, no, that's that's fine. That's, that's no, that's what we're here for. Um, so yeah, you know, Frederica, she has powers. As we were just saying, you know, she could see back into the future of the people that she you know, looks at, and that's as he was saying, it, it could just be used tactically, or she could just be using it as well as getting to know um, just for yeah personal reasons. But it's interesting to see that there's somebody in this world that actually has a unique power, yeah, some extrasensory abilities. I wonder how, yeah, yeah, because it's a big question on how that's going to play out later on. Because at oh, first yeah. I was like, and also it seems like. Based on her declaration, which I do not believe, I do not believe this 10-year-old child started this war. Like, they kind of point that out in the thing. I don't know why she did that. If she wanted to see, if she just wanted to get a reaction out of the group, if she was actually, like, maybe she felt bad because maybe something she did or maybe the fact that she comes from the bloodline of the people who started the war. Because that's more of what I think she meant. Yeah. And maybe she holds a chip on uh, on her shoulder for that. But she is definitely much more, I, I think because of her ability to see into the past and she might be able to see very far back in her own bloodline. It could be uh, the cause of why this ten-year-old girl is also okay. very. Well, let me ask you this: since you since you brought that up, that's a good point. So, do you one one quick? Well, I got two questions. Mm-hmm. One: Do you think that she's basically just like maybe like the daughter or something, or just a late descendant of of the last empress of Giyad? I mean, it, they instead s- of the instead of the actual empress. I think that more so. I think, I think she. Is the descendant of the last Empress of Yeah? Because my thing is, I it seems like um, uh, the guy who took them in was the leader of the rebellion of the uh, of Giyad. So they probably took out the old king and queen, her parents, and but they, no hands down. but they were like, "Oh, the sins of the child is not the sins of the mother or the father." So we're not going to kill this kid for something that their parents were perpetuating, you know. So yeah. I I feel like it's more of like. I I I know I come from bad stock, and I feel bad about that. And then there are people that I have lost to this war, and I kind of feel like I should be taking some type of like, I, I I should be punished in some way, shape, or form for, you know, the actions that I have, uh, you know, that I've gone against basically. And uh, I I just I I don't know if what full reason she had for telling them other than to for them to at least direct their anger at somewhere. Maybe she was trying to do some like reverse psychology of why they shouldn't go and fight. Like the all enemy is here. If y'all really want to take her out, I'm right here. Like don't do this. But I think at the end of the day, she knew regardless of anything she tried, they were going to go out. Yeah. Which probably played into her hand because she knew she wanted them to help her save the person that we mentioned earlier that was close to her in the future. Mm-hmm. Not in the future. That was close to her in the, the past. past. Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, so in the second question I had was, do you think possible since being Giyad that they were the, um, the nation that created the Legion, do you think it's possible that maybe that Frederica was experimented on and that's how she got her powers? You know, I didn't consider that because they definitely do seem to have that type of, well, the, based on the first episode, they, their medical stuff seems very advanced. Anyway, and we also know since they created the Legion that their ability with computers is high. 
So I don't I don't know. It seems almost like a bloodline type thing, if you ask me. But it could be that they experienced yeah, it on her. It could. I wouldn't doubt. That's a good point if, right there. If this is the country that created the Legion, I don't put it past them to have experimented <laughs> on children. Based on what the Legion does, I do not put it past this country to have experienced the old GI to have experienced it on kids. Yeah. Because it just, like I you know, said earlier, it's just interesting for the fact that there's a power user in this universe, which I didn't you know, expect to see in this anime. And so, you just you know, just trying to come up with different ways or you know, reasons as to why she would have these powers. Like you said, it could be a bloodline type thing. Or maybe, who knows, maybe she was experimented on. Because uh, we do know that she has some type of trouble past, which is partly you know, due that to that she might be related to the, you know, the old Empress and stuff like that. And fact that they got slaughtered um Mm -hmm. but yeah we just don't know yeah but this i don't know but this is new the new little sister uh, basically of the group uh and i'm i'm honestly very interested to see where her story uh goes from here especially along with like how uh shin and all of them treat because it seems like shin and her seem to be getting the closest out of everybody and that's interesting considering shin being such a closed off person how he will handle being a big brother to a person he can't be closed off with because one look at his eyes and she knows everything of his past. Correct. And before we move on to episode 14, um, just the last thing I got to mention about episode 13 is Shin made a new friend this episode. Oh, his yeah. Name is Eugene. Okay. And we're going to talk about Eugene <laughs> in the next episode, oh, which we're going to get to now, episode 14. Glad to be here. So, uh, before we get to this Eugene topic, <laughs> is there? Oh <laughs> uh, well, I, I, uh, like I said, is there not, anything that you want to discuss about episode fourteen? Yeah, I mean, uh, like I said before, we're probably not doing a long synopsis, so but I'll, I'll basically give some background to the episode so you guys know what we're talking about. Um, most likely you've seen it, and if you haven't, hopefully you appreciate it. Uh, in this episode, Shin is kind of just ba- uh, back into basic training of jihad using their new weapon, uh, using their like new technology and weapons. Um, and he is basically, well, he's not a show off, but he's, you know, he, if anything, he's he's shit, basically. He's been in these type of weaponry before, so he's doing extra maneuvers and stuff like that, and he's impressing the people he's showed up. So, he graduates pretty early, and they send him back to the battlefield. But before they do that, um, him and his group, well, basically, him and his group graduate early, and they're back off to the battlefield. Um, before we get to see them in actual fight, though, we hear uh, basically that the war effort, that it seems like the Legion is getting much stronger than they normally are, as well as, uh, was oh, uh, the person who is now in charge of the 86 unit um, in Jihad um, is this lieutenant lady. And she uh, basically, uh, g- before they go off in the battle, they get, she gives them Fido, which if you remember... Is an AI uh, companion that they had in the last series in the in these back yeah in the um in the last season and we thought he had perished along with this the them uh, at the end of the uh, uh, the first core uh, episode twelve uh, turns out he's back just like they're back so that was nice yeah. to see but um yeah moving forward uh before we get to the Eugene topic. Um, though we can talk about, uh, hold on, let me look at my notes. It's all right. I got you. Um, 
So one topic I did want to discuss on was, as you just brought it up, that Fido's back. Um, I think it was a nice touch that they, well, one, it was, they did two things. One, they actually made a memorial for all their friends that had died on the battlefield in that area, mm-hmm. which was which was nice. And two, they brought Fido back to life, something they did not have to do. But they found Fido's old body on the battlefield, and they found out that his core was still intact. And so they said, hey, why don't we do something nice with him? They took his core and put it in a new body, and, and you know, Fido's back now. So I thought, I thought that was a really it nice was, touch, because that was something that they did not have to do. But yet they went out their way and put in the extra effort to actually show gratitude towards the six. Yeah, no, it was nice. it was really nice. I mean, the Jihad, Jihad is a swell country, if anything. <laughs> they out here liberating people, uh, giving them homes, restoring their AI dogs. It, they just a swell country i mean they're like if you we gonna send you back in the war at least have you know a companion that you used to you know be fond of so it was nice to see them get some rebel some like much needed revelry and uh good times or tidings before they had to go back into the trenches correct uh, as well as shin got his pistol back this episode the oh, pistol yeah. that he used to end the lives of his 86 brethren so that was also a nice touch. He got yeah, it was a memento back that you know that he got taken away from, him, but he's got it back now. And so it's it's basically like that the Reaper is back now. Mm-hmm. It was almost like a symbol that Shin the Reaper is back, back in action. Yeah, uh, it was. I don't know that moment was so bittersweet because it was like, it was it was basically like a times up type thing. Like the you had a pause, <laughs> you had a pause, my guy. You had a breath of regular society. Here's back. Here's putting you back in the fight, and it was weird to see because he almost was happy that he received it. Because I think it's also that that pistol is also a memento of his older brother. But it's such a yeah. it, it, if if anything eighty six does really well, it's making like really light moments sprinkled with like heavy stuff because these are still children, and they they're they're happy. It's like to make a person happy to receive a pistol as a momentum from a brother. I I don't know how dark how much more dark you can get, but they did it. <laughs> so correct. Is there <laughs> any more before we get to the heavy to, stuff? <laughs> we get to the Eugene. Uh not really, no. I I don't right. know what else you could say. <laughs> Alright, so I'll I'll start us off. Um so who is Eugene, you may be asking? Well, Eugene is a Friend of Shin's that he met during his time at studying, not studying, reading at the library. So that was Shin's pastime when he was basically trying mm-hmm. to live a normal life. He was just going to the library reading books. He met this guy named Eugene, who was an orphan now, but he has a little sister so that he's taken care of. Mm-hmm. And he brings his little sister to the library basically every day. Yeah, so basically um, that's how they met Shin. Um, he... Told Shin, right? Actually, they enlisted around the same time, basically, into the Jihad military because he was like, I need a way to take care of my sister. So, right. Shin, uh, G- Eugene made fast friends with Shin. Uh, he's like the only person, I think, uh, out of the military who wasn't intimidated by Shin's skills. Right. <sighs> Unfortunately, they packed my boy up this episode. <laughs> and it was so, oh my God. I, like, I, I was so damn hurt. Because they didn't let my boy get one episode in in the military before they offed him, not one. Okay, and then not, it's, it, it, the fact that that that's, that upsets me, but really what's pissing me off is how they killed my guy. 
Okay. They they go from, oh yeah, you know, my sister's with my auntie right now because she has nobody else to be with, so my auntie's taking care of her. I want her to go to a good school, so I'm here sending my money back to them. I, you know, when 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 I get a break, I'm gonna go take her shopping. You know, little girls like to do that, right, Shin? Little girls like to go shopping and stuff like that. Shin tells him, like, you know, you sh- you you're a good guy, Eugene. You shouldn't be here. Yeah. Not even five motherfucking seconds later, they cut to this man severed arm in the field. And once I saw that, I was like, God. They done got my boy. I think I they blocked- done got my boy. <laughs> I think I blocked that out. Because <laughs> I mean, I, I knew when Frederick, so the scene, such a, so drastic. The scene, like, they're in the, uh, they don't even show the battle. They, it, it's the aftermath. The battle's That's what I'm, they don't even show the battle. <laughs> they don't even show the battle. Fred, Frederica calls up Shen, and, and that is the moment I knew. I was like, Eugene is dead. Eugene is gone. They packed it, they packed him up. And Shin walks up, and if you've seen the first core, you know what happens when the AIs, when the Legion kills you, you gotta get packed up by somebody's before you fully, like, expire, or, you know, or they get you. And Shin walks calmly over, and Eugene over here talking about the picture for his sister. I don't even think he know what the fuck happened to him. And Shin is just calm as ever. Loads it. Bang. Sends them off. And I... Oh, when I tell you I had an issue with I, I all this... I, <laughs> I... I was I was hurt. I really thought he was... I don't think he was... I, I, I'm going to be real with you. I didn't think he was going to make it to the end of the season. I knew he no, was going no, to die. No, but see, I didn't think he was going to make it to the end of the season either. But I did not think they was going to get my boy the exact same episode like this, though. They didn't let my boy make it one episode in the military. Not, Not, one. One. Not one. And then on top of that, I thought that because the GI actually, they're, they're um, autonomous robots. Not autonomous. They're robots that they use to fight the Legion. They're actually the two-seaters instead of one-seater. And, they're, so and I, it seems like they so, have heavier plating and stuff like that as well. Correct. And so I thought from that, that since they got two-seaters, I thought he was going to potentially be paired up with Shin. But then they pulled the okie doke on this. Now we got these new robots that we've been working on for the '86, just like the um, what do you call that? The Repu- they made off Republican designs. Boom, these are for the '86. I'm like, okay, well, they basically got upgrades to you know the original ones that they had. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, okay, it's all fine, Danny. That's cool. But like you said, they they didn't even show the battle. They just eating lunch. The alarm goes off. Eugene says, see you on the battlefield. And they literally cut to this man's severed arm, all bloodied, holding the holding the um the pendant in, in the field. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm tired. I, I'm tired of I, 86. I they hate- can't keep they can't keep getting away with this. <laughs> uh, they can't. What's so what's so funny is I know anime use like has like death technically he displayed like half of the death legs that normally happen. But he did talk about his dreams, so in my head, I probably should have known this was coming. Because that's how you know when somebody's about to die in anime. The moment they start talking about their dream, their dreams and aspirations, it's over with. And I, I, for some reason, they did it so subtly in this one that I did not think it was going to happen that fast. It was, it, it was just smooth. It was like, I was. And. Like, look, when, like, like I said, the next scene comes up, and I'm just like, Excuse me, like what? 
not Eugene. And then they keep rolling the tape. Eugene's just laying in the field. I'm like, oh, they done got my boy. They done got my boy. <laughs> yeah, if we had, if we did react, if we recorded our reactions, this is probably where I'd clip that in. But I, 86, I hands off to them because my heartstrings. They show got techno in this episode. That's, ooh. They got me. They could have been. I know what. Last, last thing I'm gonna say. They couldn't let my boy make it past one episode. That's it. They could have made him make it past one episode. Now, but, at at least you would think. At least that they would let him make it past one episode. But unfortunately, that is not the case. But uh, that is not the case. Good on good on eighty six because these episodes are good. But Ed had to hurt me that bad. <laughs> oh man, but uh, yeah, that was basically all I had for um. It says there was really good episodes this past week. Um, I know we didn't rate Demon Slayer. I really don't know what to give it because honestly, it was just like the movie episode, and I kind of don't want to take that away from the scoring. But if I had to do eighty six ratings, um, at its ten, I honestly think both uh episode thirteen and fourteen were really strong. I have to give them around like a seven to an eight. Craig, I would give thirteen a seven, and I gotta give. 14 and 8. Um, this episode 14, like as you just mentioned, it really tugs on the heartstrings on this episode. Now, I didn't, I don't know how they did it, but they made me care for Eugene so fast and then just offed him so fast. I, I don't know how they did it, but they did it. I didn't think I was going to care for Eugene. It just it came out of nowhere. And you no, know, here we are. Um, so, yeah. Well, with that being said, we're going to move on to our last item we have on our docket list today. Which is Mushoku Tensei, Mushoku. I'm sorry, I think I pronounced that wrong last time. Mushoku Tensei, episode thirteen, episode fourteen, and just like last time, Jay, I'm gonna let you start off. Mushoku. Okay, uh, so for Mushoku, uh, so episode, I, I got collect myself with the last thing we talked about, <laughs> but um, episode thirteen was, was misconnections. It was basically telling the side of episode twelve from Roxy's perspective. Um, we get to meet uh, Paul's old uh, adventuring mates, which seems to be uh, this dwarven man and uh, this elfish lady who needs to be arrested, but we're going to get more on that later. Uh, and basically, they were in the town, seemed to be looking for Rudy, but since they kept missing him by, like, seconds, they were, like, uh, they were basically like, well, that's... That's about it. We're gonna go look for the other gray rats, uh, other Paul's other children and his wife, and so that was uh, something interesting. We'll probably talk about later, and then we basically bring it back to Rudy um, after the episode, the events of episode one, where he is getting uh, shipped off to the continent they were trying to get to uh, by the, the smugglers. They had to go separate from Rudred because if they took all three of them, it would have been much more expensive. So Rudred got smuggled. And uh, Eris and Rudy went off on themselves, and then they ended up saving Rudy. Well, Rudy ended up saving Rudy, uh, for getting Rudy from the smugglers, and then they proceeded to murder all the smugglers and save these beast children that were there, um, which led to a whole bunch of antics later on in the next episode. But to focus on episode uh, 13. Um, since it was mostly Roxy stuff, I'll, I'll, I'll focus on what I said earlier. Uh, the elfish lady, uh, she, she, she got problems. She got issues. <laughs> Leave that lady alone. Oh, no, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm really not. 
I for the, heard I have the audacity to to t- call Paul a bad guy is blasphemous because she was out there giving it up to I mean, but just be, but that doesn't make her a bad lady everybody. though. But that I mean, does not make you're her not wrong, a bad lady. But she needs to calm down. Okay, the horny Listen. the horny police need to visit wherever she's at and lock her up. Cause that, that lady ooh. says she is young and free to live her life. Okay, and then she go, and then she not even gonna have the courtesy to tell people when she in the. And in, you're not gonna stop her. And when she in the room, getting it all because Roxy got traumatized, boy. <laughs> you know, I'm glad you brought that. I so far, I think Lushoku Tensei is a very. How do I describe this? Um... <laughs> In terms of rating, this is Mishoku Tensei got to be like borderline almost rated R. Oh, it's um, so close. <laughs> it be cut. It be getting right up to the goddamn line. <laughs> like, like if this was the rated R line, and Mishoku Tensei is basically like right. I don't know if you can see my. There we go. This is the rated R line. This is Mishoku Tensei. They, they're right there. <laughs> they're right close. there. <laughs> uh, but no, that man. Listen, that lady says she out here living her life. Can't nobody tell her nothing. That's the end of that. Though Roxy did get traumatized, um, Nobushoku Tensei does very nice. Did a nice job of showing the the basically the second perspective of what happened in the town from episode twelve, to episode thirteen, from Roxy's perspective. They did a really good job of that. Um, Roxy's left wondering if she's if she's gonna run into um, Rudy here in this city because she hasn't seen him in a while. She always missed him as mm-hmm. her student. Um, she did run into Eris and Rougier, but because he was a super, she got she got scared and ran away. And that was that moment we saw her running in through the alley where Rudy was walking through the alley right before he met the Demon Empress. Uh-huh. Um, but another interesting fact that I thought I'd touch up on this is the fact that Paul's entire family seems to be missing as as, as of the moment, which is interesting because I only thought that basically. You know, Rudy and Aaron's was the only one that ended up missing after that blast. But we really don't know what happened after that blast. We just know that Rudy and Aaron's ended up in the Demon Nation. So it's interesting to find out that Paul's family is his it's entire family. Kind of, yeah, which I right think, now. which I think was mentioned at the end of the first, co- uh, the first core that he was looking for them. I, I, I guess over time I'd forgotten that the other people, that his other parts of his family, the Rudy's two sisters and his mom, also got spirited away. By the uh, blast, so I'm wondering. I, it just makes me wonder what that blast was and why it seemed to have targeted his family so much. Yeah, uh, there's probably a deeper meaning behind that because it's, it's if it turns if it turns out that this was really targeted for Paul, which I'm pretty sure, it, I I would hope they wouldn't go through that whole spell just to target Paul's family because that seemed like it was almost like a nationwide spell mm-hmm. almost. Um, I hope I would hope they wouldn't go through the trouble to make up that ma- ma- much of a massive spill just to target Paul's family, but who knows? Maybe Paul did. Paul be I mean, Paul, so ain't no telling. I mean, what's going on? I mean, like they said before, the Gray family is seems to be very important. Like they they're they're high in the ruling class. But Paul, though, yeah, no, I mean it's interesting. I I, I, I we'll have to see how the series keeps developing to see what exactly that was. But it is interesting to note that like. It seemed to be directly Paul's descendants and his wife, so we'll have to see what uh, what comes of it. But um, Correct. to move the topic over from Roxy's group, uh, 
what is it? Oh, well, actually, uh, do you think they'll actually uh, save? Do you think they'll find the other ones? Considering that they passed Rudy, like, well, so. Did not so find Rudy anytime soon because they hopped on a boat. Yeah. And Roxy and her um, party, they headed to the next town. Yeah. So they're not going to see him anytime soon, which is kind of upset because I thought we was going to get a, a Roxy and Rudy reunion. Um, reunion. But we did not, so I guess they're saving that for a later date, which is fine. Yeah, um, but I'm wondering if they're actually going to be able to find the other two, considering how close they were to Rudy, and they was just like, "I don't, we don't know where he's at." <laughs> but what, but what are the likely chances that his family got teleported to the demon realm? Is is well, it, I the mean, demon nation as well? I'm assuming that that might have happened because that's where they were. But I, I, at the end of the first core, we did see a lot more than just the demon nation. It was like we also saw the dragon nation. I think. Uh, was one of the ones because there was a dude who was uh in the presence of dragons. If I remember at the end of the first chorus, well, so it's possible that they could be scattered all over. But it seems like Roxy and the uh, two people that she's traveling with, the elf lady, which is, uh, her name is Elanice uh, Dragonroid, Dragonroad, and uh, the dwarvish man. Give me one sure. Let's see if I can find his name. Do 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 do. Give me one second, y'all. Uh, if I don't find it, it's a Jarvis dude. <laughs> Correct. Um, I'm. I, I think they definitely have their work cut out for them, and I'm not sure uh, if they'll actually be able to find. Well, anyway, what? I'll just keep. Oh, Tal- So his name's Talhand. Excuse me, Talhand. I uh, Talhand. Uh, Roxy's party seem like they have definitely have their work cut out for them. So. That they do. Um, so I, they probably. Went for the demon nation because Roxy's a demon, so she's familiar with that area. So maybe that's why they decided to go check that area first. Um, pretty sure there's more people checking in other places. I'm pretty sure that you know, yeah, based on isn't the only party looking for Paul's family right yeah, now. Yeah, based on that, the how first court ended, they, he left the note. So there's definitely more people. But um, I, I I think with that we can move on to episode fourteen. Well, oh, wait. before we move for episode 14, we got to touch up on the end of episode 13. So the last topic that we wanted to talk about, oh, yeah. at least that I want to talk about, was that after they get across the ocean and make it to the next um, settlement of land, they Ru- Rudy goes save, not go save, he goes retrieve Rougier from the smugglers. The smugglers so happen to be actually smuggling Chilly. these children. They have to find out, mm-hmm. and Rudy has to, to has a decision to make: Does he save all the beast children by killing the smugglers or not? Um, push come to shove, Rudy could not come up with the decision, and Rugier just basically, you know, he says, "Don't worry about Rudy. I got this. I'll take care of myself." And Rugier goes and slaughters all the smugglers. And um, while that, that happens, Rudy basically goes and finds this dog that was being smuggled as well, and he saves it. Correct. Um. Since Rugier was leading the children outside, uh, Rudy was left with that dog, and he was basically doing what most people do with dogs when they find them, and uh, was giving them some attention, petting them and all this other stuff, and then some more beast people came and basically captured Rudy. Correct, because apparently the dog that Rudy saved is the second beast of their Mm -hmm. village. So, they captured Rudy, and that's where the episode ends. And we moved on to episode 14. Episode 14, which is no such thing as free lunch. 
So as was just saying, um, at the end of episode thirteen, Rudy got captured by some more people from the Beast Village because he was. They thought he was. They were. He was trying to take advantage of their sacred beast, which is. I mean, I don't know. I guess it's a thing there in their world. <laughs> um, but so they they t- took Rudy back to their village and they got this man trapped, locked up. He's locked up. They won't let him out. Over a dog. Um, <laughs> over petting a dog. I, that just goes to show you, children, don't go touch strange animals. Um, yeah, but he's locked up there. Um, later on, they add a different dude to his cell because he was trying to. He was gambling basically, and he had a lot of debt with them, and so they locked him up. And uh, eventually, things in the beast, uh, the beast people village, uh, go south when their village is set on fire, and some more smugglers come to take more children. To sell off, uh, that is when Rudy and his newfound rogue friend uh, be, uh, basically make their escape, grab their gear, and try to leave out of there. And then Rudy is um, uh, not to give a full thing. Uh, they end up eventually deciding to help, and Rudy confronts the guy he had originally saved and made a partnership with. And uh, they end up fighting, and out of that battle, Rudy technically ends up winning. Although it was a hard fault type of thing. Um, and that kind of leads to, was it the first topic I think I had, which is like, I think Rudy's slowly becoming a hero because we see him be selfish a lot. And this was like the first act where he was like, I have legitimately nothing to gain from this, but I'm going to help out these kids. Yeah. Um, that was because, as you said, he had every right to just lead them be because they locked him up. They wouldn't even listen to him yeah. as they locked him up. Um, the only thing they did was they just kept bringing this lady back to throw buckets of water on him, which I thought was hilarious. Every time, every time she coming across that bridge, she's just bringing her bucket of water to splash on his ass. She was not playing with Rudy. Um, but I guess why did they? One my, one of the questions I had is why did they strip Rudy down, but they didn't strip the other guy down that was locked up. I think it's because maybe he was a. The only thing I can think is that because Rudy is a mage and maybe they were like, oh, he might have magical items on him or something of that nature. But the other dude. At, I don't know. I The other dude, I guess, was just like a simple like gambler type rogue dude. So they were like, oh, if we just take away his weapons or anything that he has, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. Yeah. Just toss him in there. So, yeah, I, I, that was the only interesting thing that I thought about him being locked up for that part really that and the fact that they wouldn't listen to him at all but i mean considering from their perspective side, he was a cosmic sacred beast so correct so i guess i can kind of see why they said basically say, you know forget this guy we don't got nothing to say to him can't even get a boy a trial they're just doing um, it <laughs> stripped him basically I don't, I, don't, I don't think they was going to give him a trial i think they were just going to kill him once the the village elder got back i think they was just gonna kill him well yeah but luckily yeah uh Rudred and eris came with the village elder so Correct. They didn't yeah, have to do um, that. He gets broken out of the village due to not the village, the prison due to the fire that was started by the smugglers. The smugglers are sitting here once again. Instead of, I guess, trying to wait for the children to come out of the city, I guess they decide that they're just gonna straight up attack the beast village oh, yeah, and they today. Was, and uh the dude who was leading the smugglers turned out to be a sword saint of the well, I think it was Earth style? North style. North style. The North Island oh, fighting. And I... Which I'm not mistaken is, I think it's the same style that his father knows? Correct me if I, I can't remember. It seemed like, well, it seemed like Paul knew a lot of different styles 
but I think that's the one he was most versed in was North. I think correct. if I'm correct. And yeah, no, if Rudy almost died. <laughs> yeah. And so that brings us to our next topic, which is like he said, Jay said earlier, you know, Rudy's being a hero. Um, Rudy had really no reason to help these people at all, but yet he did. He's, you know, shows off one his best water spell that he has in his arsenal right now, which is actually a nice spell to always watch. Um, he pops that off and, uh, you know, and he douses all the fire yeah, out. Yeah, and a less destructive thing to douse the fire out. And then he starts basically fight, uh, confronting the main dude. And it's a very tenuous fight because while Rudy is great at magic, he still has a... Rudy, something I've noticed, and this technically bridges into the other topic, Rudy seems to have an aversion to killing. It seems Correct. like he has a huge problem with that. I'm not sure... Well, what we, well, we well, we know he has a huge problem with that because that just goes back to the first season and when he actually sees death for the first time. He's yeah, when Ghislaine, when uh, Ghislaine kills those uh, those kidnappers, and yeah. but my, my my only thing is, it's like uh, the these the, this guy fully was like ready to murder him and he couldn't even do it in self-defense so i'm wondering what will he ever truly get over his aversion to death it seems like i i think he's slowly getting over because in the span of two episodes he had he realized that he probably was gonna have to start actually killing people because the scene with him and the smugglers he you know he couldn't make a decision to kill the smugglers and then as you just mentioned this episode now he's actually fighting yeah, for life and death and he's some but yet he still can't bring himself to to want to kill the guy. Yeah, I I really thought uh, the last move, the explosion uh, spell that he used, I, I almost thought they took both of them out, to be quite honest. Well, the, well not yeah. both of them, but like I thought, if anything, it was going to kill the dude because of how close he was to Rudy and then severely harm Rudy, if anything. But Correct. It, 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 it Somehow just, Rudy came out unscathed. It, yeah, and the other dude was knocked out. So he survived, but it... I, the way things seem to be going, eventually Rudy's going to have to take somebody out. And I hope he's no, ready for it. Yeah, and this, I, I mentioned this before, but Rudy needs to become a battle mage. He, especially now that he has this demon eye, it would be beneficial to him to actually use that fighting sword style that his dad was trying to teach him earlier. I think that, especially... For the close encounters, yeah. Especially. Yeah, for the close encounters. That was just, even from seeing that earlier on, I thought that Rudy was basically become a battle mage because he was using magic and fighting at the same end, along with his sword style as well, when he was fighting Paul. Mm-hmm. Um, so And it, he was doing it, you know, smooth at that, effortlessly. And so I just from that scene alone, I thought that, you know, maybe one day Rudy would actually become a battle mage instead of just a regular mage. And now that he has his demon eye, it seems that's even more likely to happen now, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, unless he becomes something like more of type of guy, the guy from, oh, that got the perfect analogy, but I cannot remember the name. Log Horizon. There oh, Shiro, like a support. I mean, she, like Shiro from Log Horizon. Unless he becomes more of that type of support mage, being able to see the battlefield ahead, you know, ahead of time of everybody else, then okay, I can understand. Yeah, I mean, it's um, it's. It, I mean, this show is very much sort uh fantasy element, so it's very obvious that parties are important because I mean, look, his dad was in one where they had multiple swords, where they had people that did physical fighting and then people that covered magic. So, uh, it's nice to see the balance that. Uh, there's a balance in the world where people who know magic aren't just extremely like 
they'll they'll automatically win because they can um, mess with the elements. But a skilled swordsman could give them a run for their money. So it's nice to see that that you need that party dynamic going. Um, and luckily, by the end of this episode, Rudy was returned to his party. Uh, majority of it was the focus of you know the Beastman people and them saving the village. But we did get one last scene that I do want to talk about. Go ahead. So at the end of this episode, we uh, get a glimpse of what is happening back in the uh, human king, the human nation where uh, uh, Rudy's great uncle, um, Eris's grandfather. Uh, is ruling, and it seems to be that the Paul's brother, I think, or the current ruling Grey Red, uh, captured Eris's grandfather and has assassinated, well, not assassinated, but put him on trial, found him to be guilty because he felt as if the, I'm assuming he felt as if his response to the, the whole, the, this giant magic disruption, I think is what they called it. Well, that was, wasn't, um, Paul's brother now that was no his great uncle. This, I said his great well, uncle. Well, no, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the guy that had him on trial. This this was some new character we haven't seen. Before, no, but I'm assuming. Like well, some. the reason I said uh, it might be Paul's brother is because we learned last season that Paul. Oh yeah, no, hundred percent. Yeah, is, no, I, okay, I agree with you on we're that. We're trying to vie for the throne and stuff like that. That's why, like, the Gray Rat family's kind of bisected into stuff. Correct, because he even tried to bring Rudy into it. Yeah, so. Uh, this whoever this is, I'm assuming is a, a ruling gray rat. If it's not Paul's brother, maybe it's Paul's father or something. But uh, he they assassinated. They basically killed uh, Eris's dad due to what they believe his lack of response to the uh, magic distortion. I don't think that was the case. I really think they were just trying to get an excuse to take him out so they could probably like claim his the nation he was leading. And I. I'm interested to see what this has, what this will have effect on in the story later. Because now, uh, now that Eris's granddad is dead, what will the nation be like when he gets back? And and what will have happened to Eris's father and mother? Because we don't know what the implications are after this. Correct. Yeah. Um. I definitely was not expecting this scene at the end of this episode. Oh, um, all. they didn't. Need- it, it 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 came out of nowhere, honestly. But um, yeah, because the only thing you know, sometimes you need those plot twists. Yeah, the only thing that happened before then was Eris was like, I can't wait to tell grandfather that I went to live with beast people. I did not expect that to be a death flag. They, no way. <laughs> now that I think about it, they did the same BS that eighty six did. They just slightly slid on, slid it on in there, and slid it on in. Like as you said, Eris saying, "I can't wait to get back and tell my granddad about this." Now five seconds later, we see this man on trial and being executed. I'm, you know, I'm just you know. And it, it's it's wild. It's I, wild. But this has a lot of uh, I don't I don't know. It's just this is interesting because I feel like whenever they get back now, depending Correct. on the Things situation, I will probably more than likely be different. Who knows? Maybe even Rudy will not be accepted back once he gets back. And no telling. But because as, as you said, there's there's no telling what implications this will have now that Eris's grandfather has been killed. Yeah, especially since um. um yeah, I mean, I I even think that they might have to get into the Grey Rat struggle now because they, they killed Eris's grandfather. They, I mean, they, they killed like, his grandfather. It's kind of like they forced their hand at this point. So it's really interesting. It's going to be really interesting to see what life will be like when they make it back to the mainland. Correct. So, yeah, and I guess the last thing I wanted to touch on before this episode was going back to the 
the the fight between Rudy and the North Star um, is Rudy's demon eye. It, though that Rudy has the demon eye now and then, he can see, you know, a time, a few seconds or whatnot. It seems like it's just the same situation with basically, I'm going to make this comparison with Rock Lee and Sasuke with his Sharingan. Though, though Rudy has the demon eye and can see ahead of his future, his body is not yet equipped enough to actually respond to certain things. So he still has to, Rudy still has a long way to go mm-hmm. before he can truly master the demon eye because... Like I, no, like I was just saying, he actually has to train his body to be able to respond to the things that he's actually seeing now. Um, so we might get a training arc here sooner or later, maybe by the end of the season or something, or mid-season or something. But at some point, at some point or another, it might be safe to say that Rudy might actually start training, or he's probably already been training with Rougier. We don't know. We know Air has been training with Rougier. He'll, have to, but, he'll definitely have to, I feel like, get back into more physical types of training to correct. prepare him for the use of DNI, as well as, you mentioned, getting his sword skills back up. Correct. So, yeah, um, that was the last... Yeah, so with all that said... Um, we had I, on the docket. Yeah, but with all that said, uh, for the rating for Mashuko and... Uh, these two past two episodes, I'd probably give it a uh, the, I Both of these episodes felt like a high seven to me. Like, correct. They were both very entertaining while also fleshing out the world more because we actually got to see what the Beast Nation, well, not the Beast Nation, but the Beast people, uh, how they live their lives day to day and some of like their their, uh, their customs, I guess, like what they consider to be strong. Also, we got to see more development of Rudy as a mage, which is always which is always nice to see. And his character. I would agree. Um, yeah, I think I agree with you. I'll give them both just a seven. Um, the plot twist definitely at the end of episode fourteen definitely is going to have some major ramifications on their world and how they you know how whatever's going to happen to Rudy when they finally do make it back to the human nation and everything. So, just can't wait to see how that unfolds. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, want to sign us off, Jay? Yeah. Um, thank you guys for coming and listening. Um, please, uh, to stay up to date with the council, uh, be sure to follow us on our, uh, Spotify, Google podcasts, as well as subscribe to us on YouTube, um, for updates uh, about like news, such as when we're releasing episodes or like when we're doing other stuff, be sure to follow our Instagram at Green Otaku Council and our Twitter at the Green Otakus. Um, Thanks, guys, for coming to the meeting. Uh, See you next time. Peace.